home can be so many different things and it can come in all different sizes, all different packages. And we already know that it can be rented. It can be owned. It can be borrowed. It can be small. It can be big. It can be soft walled. It can be hard walled. It can be across the world or in your back corner. But mostly home can be in your heart. And creating a beautiful space is one thing, but creating a feeling of home that you can carry with you no matter where you are in the world, no matter who you visit, no matter who you come into contact with, that is important. That's incredibly important. And so, you know, my heart is very heavy and you might hear it in my voice right now. My heart is very heavy for the people in the world who don't have the choice of going home, who have packed their belongings hastily and had to leave. I remember doing that once when I was, I had just graduated from high school and in, in the area that I grew up in, um, we have wildfires and we have them frequently. I had just graduated from high school and had the summer to look forward to before I went to college and played college basketball, kind of started the rigor of that life. And I was looking forward to a break, a time to just, just, I don't know, be a kid before I having to make that transition. And we had a fire and we had to pack our bags. We had to leave our home. You know, we protected our home. We ran the sprinklers constantly while we were gone. We took all of our valuables. We took, we had time. We had a lot of time to gather the things that were important and to leave. And thankfully, nothing happened. Our home was fine. And we were able to um, come back after, I don't remember how many days it was. Um, Not too many, four days maybe. And everything was fine. But home is an integral part of family culture. Home is an integral part of who you are, whether you know it or not. Home is deeply nestled inside of your being. And that is what we're talking about today. So, you know, as I come pop into your earbuds weekly and two times a week, even answering um, little questions, they're not silly questions. They're beautiful questions. They're wonderful questions that help you, I hope, move your needle forward and not just your design needle, but creating a space that ultimately serves you and your family in a meaningful way. That is really the heart and the mission behind Fig and Farm at Home. Would I love to help you pick out a beautiful couch? Sure. Would I love to help you create a color palette that makes your home shine in a way that, you know, I'm kind of picturing, (laughs) yes, I would love that. I would love nothing more than that. But if I'm being really honest, none of that matters if we don't have the heart space to create a home that is nurturing, that is loving, that is inviting, that is all of the things that you feel about home. It doesn't matter how pretty it is, quite honestly. If the heart that is behind the creation isn't there, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's like seeing a beautiful model who's a complete jerk, right? Like what, (laughs) 
the the outside is pretty, but the inside is rotten. And we don't want that. I don't want that for you. So, okay, pardon my emotions. I think I'm under control here. <laughs> but when the world is heavy, home matters so much more. And, you know, as I'm reflecting on, you know, today's the start of the Lenten season. And I'm recording this on that on that start date and the world around us is heavy stuff is happening all over the world and people are displaced from their homes and it feels unjust and all of the things as I reflect upon that and the last two years of feeling a little displaced it feels heavy so home does matter it all matters so incredibly much and we're going to talk about why today five reasons why home matters and why it should matter to you. And let's put aside the idea of the outer shell today, shall we? Let's put aside the idea of how to hang the pictures on the wall, where to place a couch, what rug to buy. Let's put that aside and let's talk about why it really matters, because it does. We grew up with the phrase, home is where the heart is, but our culture has shifted and now the message is, home should be Pinterest perfect. I'm calling BS on that message. Home, it's not about the stuff, it's about the story. And whether you know it or not, your home is a reflection of you and is already saying something. So what is it that you want it to say? Hey, I'm Danny, a former first grade teacher turned home decorator. Going from a dual income to a single income so I could stay home with my babies meant budget, like ramen eating, Goodwill shopping budget, and I learned a few things along the way, like how to bring big style to your home without breaking the bank, and I'm sharing it all with you. Tips, tricks, decor, and design advice so you can learn to tell your story with your style, where you can start living free from the Pinterest perfect trap and start living a life of intention. Welcome to Fig and Farm at Home where we design happy living and where it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. And cue the emotion. Sometimes, gosh, it just hits you when you're least expecting it. And I want you, if that ever happens to you, this is a side note, if that ever happens to you and you feel emotional about something, whether you can, um, you know, control it as good as I did (laughs) or not like I did, I want you to take a second and ask the next question and ask yourself why you are responding in that way. And I want you to then take, you have my permission, take the time to investigate. What is it that is making you feel that way? What is it that is making you choke up or feel angry or feel excited or feel the feel, whatever that feel is? I want you to ask yourself that next question. Why? Am I feeling that way? And dive into that just a little bit. Okay, enough of that. We are talking about why home matters because it sure does. And it is a heart thing as much as it is a beauty thing. So four R's for why home matters. The first one is it is a respite. And you have heard me talk about this before um, in passing. But home is a respite. It's a landing spot. It is a safety net. It is a launch pad. It is a quieting spot. It is a whatever word you want to call it. 
it is a place for you to renew and recharge and restore. It's a place for you to nourish your mind, your body, your your heart. It is a place for you to take a break from what is happening outside. It's a, t- a place for you to take a break from, I hope, work. I mean, even if you're working at home, I work from home, I do still shut my office door at the end of the day. Some days more than others, some days not as much, but it is a respite from work deadlines, relational drama, school events. It is a respite from the things that can bog you down and eat up a lot of your time. Carpool schedules, meetings, deadlines, drama, errands, traffic, obligations. Now, of course, I know you could have drama in your own home. You could have obligations in your own home and you definitely have chores. But if you're thinking about those things in just your little teeny tiny little bubble of home as being your respite, that is a lot more manageable when you think about it and compartmentalize it there than you do if you add that onto all of the stressors outside of your home, all of the stressors that make up the majority of your time. If we view home as a place that is a space set aside for us to recharge, renew, restore, that it's a respite from the schedules that bog us down and take up most of our time, and kind of keeping us from the things that really matter, if we think about it that way, can we also think about activities we can do within our home to really allow the time space, the heart space to recharge, to restore? Write those down. What are those for you? If you were to ask every member of my family in our home, it would be very different what we do to restore and recharge. For the two little ones, it would be playing Legos. For my oldest son, and, and my husband, it would be playing a very specific card game or watching soccer. <laughs> For me, none of those check the list. None of those at all. For me, it is gardening. It is creating. It is crafting. It is reading books and lounging. And what is it for you? And what does it look like for even all of the members of your home? Because it's definitely going to be different for you than it is for them. And can you set aside a little bit of space and time to help nurture that? Knowing that home is a respite, how can we carve out that space for you to get recharged in a way that really refills your cup? The second reason why home matters is because it is a reflection of you. And you have heard me say this so many times that whether you know it or not, home is a reflection of you. It is littered with memories and stories and family and laughter and tears. It is littered with all of the things and all of the history that make you unique, that make you and your little family unit unique. It is a reflection of you. It should be a reflection of you. And Home is really the capsule, the enclosure, the space, the hard walls that hold family history, that hold family legacy. That's what home is. And when those things, when those memories are tied up, not just in a physical space, 
they become highlighted in your heart. And that is when home becomes a feeling. Home can be taken with you when kids leave the nest and they go off to college and they go off and start their own families. And when they transfer traditions that you started in your own home and carry them into your um, into their new family life and into their new home space, it all starts with with this idea of home. This is what you do at home. This is what your your family does at home. Family history, family memories are all created within the confines of these four walls that we call home. And when you can package it and carry it and lovingly refer to it in your heart and carry it with you later, that is beauty. Now, sometimes your style, your aesthetic is reflected also out. It's reflected outwards onto your walls and into your choices you make. And that is just as unique. And that is what I try to help teach you how to do and create um, these spaces that really just reflect you because your history, your home is a living history museum. Can we think about it that way? (laughs) It really is. Think about the things that you put on display. Think about the things that you have on your bookshelves, on your mantles, on your piano. Think about the colors that you choose. All of that is like a living history museum. And it's a living history museum of you and your family. And this wonderful thing that you are creating, this legacy you are building So yes, home matters. It matters incredibly. And this is where I say, if you want help creating this space that is intentional, that really does reflect you in a way that you walk past it and you think, I am proud of this space. I'm proud of this living history museum. I'm proud of having people come in and saying, oh my gosh, this is so you. If you want that, reach out. I would love to help you with that. But otherwise, girl, you are already creating that. You're creating that every time you laugh with your kids, every time you think about where your little one took their first step, where you're thinking about that the last time you kissed your husband underneath the mistletoe, all of that are memories wrapped into this wonderful package called home. The third reason why home matters is because this is where relationships are built. The relationships that matter most to you in the world, this is where they live. And this is a place for you to reconnect and build these relationships. You can really pour into the people that matter the most to you. Home is fertile ground for growing. And so how are you growing these relationships of the people that live there and of the people that come into your home? The people you host maybe for a small group, book club, wine club, or maybe for family dinners. How are you propelling these relationships forward? Some of the ways that we are intentionally building relationship at our own home and that I would encourage you to try or even think about in yours, I'm going to share with you here. I have five ideas of ways that we intentionally invest in our family, and I want to hear yours. So make sure at the end of this episode, you pop into my DMs and tell me what it is you do to invest and build those relationships with the people you love and are sharing your home space with. But here are mine. The first thing we do is we um, have family dinners together. Now, this is growing increasingly uh, more difficult. (laughs) We have three kids playing year-round sports two parents who are coaching athletics and 
of course we have our own jobs. So it, the scheduling does become a little bit tricky. What this means for us is that we are making a weekly meal plan on Sunday so that we can know which nights we have more time to prepare the bigger meal and which nights we need to have leftovers or a quick from the freezer dinner so that we are avoiding the on the go dinners in our busy schedule. But it also means that we are adopting a more European timeline of eating. <laughs> that after school, after, after practice, we are coming home and having a big snack, and then we're eating after practices. So sometimes we're eating dinner as late as 7.30, that the parent who is at home and is not taking kiddos to practice is, is preparing the dinner with the kids who are there if they want to help, and we're having dinner all as a family a little bit later. And it's working. It's working for our family. It's creating conversation and time for us to connect at the end of the day. Um, one other thing we do at the dinner table is we have, um, we play a game. We play a game called Categories. Our friends helped us recreate this, this name and we call it now Snazagories. Basically, it is a question asked by one person at the table and then the other people have to answer it. It can be anything. And this is a fun one that we play when we have guests over as a way to get to know our guests. But we also have a box of cards that are conversation starters. These are fun things that we can talk about that we might not normally talk about with our kiddos. So it's a great conversation building, a great time just to connect and laugh and uh, recenter at the end of a very long day. One other thing I will note is that when we're meal planning, this is usually happening on Sunday evenings. When we're meal planning, this is the time for us to take orders from the kiddos. We know that, you know, every person's palate is not created equal. I have one kiddo who prefers breakfast over dinner, one kiddo who prefers less meat than more. And so it gets tricky. And of course, then we also have things that are more laborious to make and that are easier to make. So we do take all of their opinions into account. And there are times when we say, <laughs> okay, guys, what do you want for dinner? By the way, no kid favorites allowed. So we do try to stretch their palate a little bit to eliminate the weekly, I want sushi, which I know is not necessarily a kid palate, but is my one of my kiddos very favorites. He would choose that over and over and over again. And it also eliminates the re repeated pizza, tacos, macaroni, whatever that kid favorite is. So it does help them stretch outside of their box to think uh, a little bit more, just a little bit deeper about <laughs> what, they, what it is they want to eat. Of course, we can't always create these things for them, but it does allow them to have an opinion at the table. Another thing that we do to intentionally build relationships with our kids is we have a designated family night that can look different in different seasons. Sometimes it is Friday night pizza and movie night. Sometimes it is Sunday night game night. Most recently, Greg and I are kind of PBS nerds, um, <laughs> masterpiece classic nerds. We like the old fashioned TV. And so most recently, we introduced the kiddos to an a recreated from the past uh, masterpiece classic TV show. 
And this is something that Greg grew up with in the 80s and something that has been recreated recently. And we introduced the boys to this TV show. It aired every night on Sunday night, and that was our most recent. Hey guys, family time. Here we go. Of course, we had grumbles at first. They didn't like it, and then they grew to love it. So having some designated family time, maybe it's a hike, maybe it's a bike ride, maybe it's a walk around the block, whatever it is for you, having that designated time that is kind of held sacred can be so meaningful. The third thing that we do that intentionally builds relationship inside of the home is to invest in what matters to the other person. This can be sometimes really challenging because quite honestly, Legos, I am not good at Legos, but man, my two little ones, they can spend hours and hours and hours on Legos. It's what lights them up. It is their creative, their, their outpouring of their creativity. They're so ingenious when they think about their little creations. And when I go into the Lego room, all I want to do is organize by color, by shape. I want to clean up. <laughs> oh, so it is work for me, but it lights them up when they have someone who is asking them about what they're building when I come in and I even rummage through and help them find their things and it means so much to them, even though it is really, really hard for me to do. Another thing is playing the games that they like. I am definitely a card game all the way. I want to play card games and they're easy. They're just easy. It's not strategy. It is not playing for blood like Monopoly can be or Risk can be. It's not strategizing. It's kind of mindless play. And I like that. I prefer that. A lot of, I think, gosh, maybe most of everyone who lives in my home actually prefers the mind challenging games. They prefer risk. They prefer the strategy. They prefer the long drawn out. It can take all day. And sometimes it takes a lot of work to intentionally say, I am going to play that game that feels boring, that feels like a stretch for me, that doesn't bring me joy, but I know it brings you joy. And when you make a choice and a decision to do that, it really invests in the relationship that you're building with the person that you're building it with. So I do encourage you to (laughs) grin and bear it, not every day, but every once in a while, because it will really light the person up that you're trying to build relationship with. The fourth thing that we're doing that intentionally builds relationship within our home is to get them involved, to invite them in and What I mean by that can be really anything. Inviting them in to help you with dinner, inviting them in to help you with a project, encouraging them to have investment in your home, like doing chores. That not only teaches them responsibility, but it also helps them feel invested in your home. That it's not just mom's job or dad's job to make the space feel inviting when people come over that they can have some pride and ownership as well. And so getting them involved and helping them feel like they have a piece of that investment is really meaningful. Of course, it is also one way to help raise responsible, mature beings, (laughs) human beings that you can, when you send them out into the world, they are going to be better for it. There are other ways that we intentionally invest in the relationships within our home, but one way that we feel like has crept up most recently as most important 
is the idea of putting down the phone, putting down the phone and talking face to face, putting down the phone and interacting in a way that you are truly listening, that you are engaging without something that is distracting you from the person who's speaking, from the game that you're involved in, from the activity that you are completing together. Of course, there's plenty of time where we have our little phone game and we're all playing together or we're helping each other out and we're doing it that way. But having no phone at the dinner table, having guests, kiddo guests arrive and put their phone down at the entryway table is a way to teach them, quite honestly, the skill of interacting in person and to show the other person, whoever that is, whether it's a friend or their parent or their sibling, that what they say matters. And I do think that this is a skill that is kind of going by the wayside and it makes me so incredibly sad. So that is one way we are investing in relationship is just by putting the phone down. The fourth reason why home matters is because it is reliable. Similar to it being a respite, it can be a safe haven. It can be, of course, a place to reflect and recharge, but it can also be predictable. Home can be constant. And even though the variables of what home looks like from house to house and inside the place, even though those variables change and home culture changes, family culture changes, there can still be a sense of consistency, stability, predictability, And those things, um, statistically speaking, help people feel safe. I almost left this one out because I know that I I can imagine some people feeling triggered by this idea that home is reliable or constant or safe or predictable when so many home environments aren't. They are very opposite of that. And some of you may be triggered by this idea that you grew up in an environment that was opposite of reliable. And I imagine that there are some others who feel a little bit like you could understand the concept that maybe home could be these things and your one constant was grandma was always there to let you in every day after school. Or your one constant was you knew that you had your sister to rely on. She had your back all the time because mom and dad were always fighting or your one constant was your home was in the same place all the time. And that is a constant you're holding on to. I'm under no disillusionment that would allow me to think that home is perfect and it feels perfect and it's good for everyone. And, and if I inadvertently triggered something in you today that pulls at your heartstrings and causes you a reminder of pain or um, frustration or sadness. I just, I want you to know that right now I am praying for you and you can reach out and I would be happy to pray for you personally. Um, But know that there is hope as you are, um, as you are building your own home, as you are now mamas with little ones or mamas of fur babies This is the last one. This is number five. Home matters because it is a place where you can reimagine. And it is a place where hope lives. 
It is a place where if we are raising kiddos, we are raising world changers. And if we are living with a spouse, we are able to lift up our spouse and support our spouse. If we are raising the best fur baby we know how to raise, we are loving that fur baby and we can reimagine who we are in the parameters of home. It's a place for us to explore and learn and grow. It's a place for us to feel comfortable enough in our own skin that we can step outside of ourselves to stretch ourselves in new ways. It's a place for us to come back home to and recharge so that we can go back out to be those world changers. And that is a good thing. So if you were triggered by number four, the reliability, the constant, the consistency, the stability, know that there is um, home is also a place to reimagine. And that, my dear, is such a blessing. So why does home matter? It matters because it is a respite from the world outside. It matters because it is a reflection of you and it is like a living history museum of who you are and what your family story is. It matters because it's a place for us to build relationships, really pour into the people that we love. It's reliable and that reliability can feel safe, allowing us to take risks outside of ourselves, and it's a place to reimagine. All of these reasons are why home matters. And if truth be told, so much more important than the beautiful things we bring into the home. Because if we have a beautiful home, but we lack the heart behind it, home just becomes a shell. So when we combine the two, that is where real beauty lies. So what is your homework for today? Your homework for today is to reflect on why home matters to you. Can you pinpoint the way that you're building into and pouring into your relationships? Can you pinpoint the ways that your home is a respite from the world outside? Can you pinpoint the way that your home is reliable for and a constant for your kiddos? And can you pinpoint even going further if it wasn't for you growing up, how you are making change for that to happen for your kiddos now? That is your homework. And when the time comes to make the walls as beautiful as the heart, to make your living history museum really shine, I'll be here. I'll be here waiting. You know how to reach me. Email at home at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group or pop into my DMs on Instagram. And until then, I hope you're all well. Hey, real quick before you go, if you learned something new or found value in today's podcast, Would you head over to iTunes to Fig and Farm at Home and leave a review and subscribe to the show? That would be awesome. And if you'd like to connect with my community of mamas who are learning to be intentional storytellers within their own homes, join us at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. There's always more room at the table. See you soon.